This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voices and give Jesus all the glory. He is King. He is Lord. He is our Savior. He got us out of hell. He's delivered us into heaven. I'm telling you, family God, that at the moment, you know, when you look at the various soccer games that are happening, there's a bunch of people in a stadium. And they take a bag full of air and they kick it into a net and the place goes berserk. Jesus did more than carry a bag of air over a line for you. He went to hell on your behalf. He rose from the dead. Surely we can praise Him better than any stadium could ever praise a soccer team. Come on, let's give out Jesus glory. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. I tell you, family, there's an anointing in the house tonight. How you can sense it? I've come expectant. And I thank God for this privilege. And thank you, Dr. Theo and Pastor Bev, for this amazing opportunity. We thank God for you that you have stood the test of time. You've stood confident in the Word, taught us the uncompromised Word. That's what I love about our pastors. They don't buckle and bow to social pressure. They teach what you need to hear. Amen. Even when you don't like the taste at the moment, you know, eat the food, it's good. And you eat it and you realize, no, you needed that. And I thank God that I've had pastors that have taught us the word that way because our lives, Janine and Myers, testimony over and over and over and over of the living word of God. I don't know where we would be today if it was not for the word of God. Probably dead, but, you know, lives messed up, divorced. I don't, I don't want to think about it. Thank God, miracle after miracle. I know everybody here has some testimony. So let's just say thank you, Jesus, for the leaders that He's given us. Amen. So, the millionaires are here tonight. A whole bunch of people put their hand up this morning. I'm wondering where are they? Obviously, they're already fairly wealthy, but God bless them. I need what I've come for tonight. How many you say amen to that? How many of you were here this morning? Let me see your hand. Praise God. How many were not here? Why not? No, I'm just kidding. I really, you need to get the message because that was part one this morning. And tonight we're going into part two. Even part one and two today is a summary of what I did at home. I did over almost two hours of teaching. If you want to get that, you can get onto our, any social media, whatever it is, slash Alan Bag, And then there's a link tree and you can get onto our store. And obviously you can get online the message because I go into a lot of detail. Tonight I'm going to cover what I can because I really believe that God is doing something in this house. He's taking us to another level. God doesn't want us living on barely get by street. There are churches to plant, Bible colleges to send out. There are buildings to build. There's souls to get saved. And you are that church. Amen. It's something that revelation hit me. How many realize that when you were born, everything was tiny? And when you grew up, your toes grew with you. Your fingers grew with you. Isn't that right? Everything grew with you. So when God increases the church, if you're part of the body, you're going to increase. God is a God of increase. He doesn't just increase one part of the body. He increases the whole body, but it's only for those who are ready to receive it. If 
Father, we are here tonight expectant. We are ready to receive everything that you have for us. Our desire is to see it manifesting. You're the only one that can do it. You are the God of glory. You're the God of power. And so today we submit ourselves to your word. I thank you, Father, as I speak this word. By your grace, it shall go forth with clarity and accuracy, removing every form of confusion. As minds are renewed to your understanding and as faith fills every heart, every form of fear is destroyed. And we thank you that each one of us are transformed from glory to glory. This we give you all the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Family, you ready to receive? Shout amen. amen. Praise God. Once again, open your Bible at Hebrews chapter 3. Amen. Now, as I said, we were here this morning. There's just two or three scriptures I want to highlight so we, so we can get into what we're doing tonight because I really believe that God is setting you up. Bump your neighbor and say it's a setup. Now, you know when he sets you up, it's for glory. That God will never allow the devil to have the final say. It's just something about God when he gets painted into a corner. It's almost like God looks forward to that. Remember when he got the prophet to go and challenge the, 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 the priests of Baal? He said, well, let's find out who is our God. Who is the real God? Go ahead, build yourself an altar. And they built it and said, now call on your God. And they're shouting and they're screaming and cutting themselves. And he says, where's your God? Maybe he's gone on holiday or something. Maybe he's sleeping. And, but then when it came to his turn, he says, now pour water on the fire. And then they poured water all over the fire. He said, now do it again. Second time. Pour, I want it flooded. Now do it a third time. He wanted to make sure that no one could accuse him of this being some trickery. He says, now watch this and the god of power poured out fire family of god you are not born again just simply to go to church and somehow convince people your religion is better than another jesus did not come to start another religion he did not come to take sides he came to take over and we are the demonstration of the power of god God, people are going to look at your life and say, surely there's a God. Because they know who you are. They know where you've come from. They wrote you off. They mocked you, criticized you. And then God. Oh, can I get more amens? You need to work with me tonight. This is the crowd that came for what we're receiving. Amen. This is not the quiet religious synagogue type. No, we are the people here to minister the word. And so we are ready to receive everything that God has for us. Because God is demonstrating His power through your life. Hebrews 3 verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. I want you to underline high priest of our confession. Everybody say confession. As I mentioned this morning, Jesus' ministry has changed since the beginning. He's the Word. He, in the beginning, He is the Word. It doesn't change. He's, he's, trans, he's, he's grown. His ministry has advanced. It's, it's taken on different phases. Let me put it that way. He's the Word. In the beginning, He's always been the Word through the Old Testament. You'll see Him manifesting in different ways. Uh, even people were shocked. They thought it was just an angel. And then there was, I've looked God in the face, but I live. And, and you understand that Jesus did show up before he manifested in the earth in a body. And that's when his mother named him Jesus. 
And then he went to the cross as the lamb. And then we know he's coming back as the lion. So you notice how there's this continuous adjustment of ministry. Now between the lion and the lamb is this calling, where he's the high priest of our confession. Now that's an important thing to know, because we are born again into a kingdom of God of words. Words are critical. Words will transform or change your life. That's what the enemy's after, your confession. You know, when you look at Job, you know that's not God that set the devil on him. God doesn't use that which is destroyed to teach you a lesson. Job admitted it himself. My worst fear came upon me. And when he eventually came to his own mind, the right mind, and he went to before God, he said, teach me how to speak. He said, teach me how to speak. My words got me into trouble. And once he corrected that, within one year, he's totally blessed. Twice what he had before. Come on, you got to get a hold of that. And if we understand this, it's our wording that's so important. And a lot of Christians don't realize that. We're just throwing words around and just saying things. Someone may be asking, what's that got to do with what we're talking about tonight? This is why the, the, the writer is saying here, be aware he's the high priest of your confession. That's why chapter 4, verse 14, he says, hold fast your confession. The enemy is trying to take your confession from you. I mean, it's easy when you're in a church full like this and the pastor says something exciting. Yes, amen. Say this after me and we say it. What happens by Wednesday when you've had the rug pulled out from underneath you and the devil's beaten you over the head and stomped on you and, and, and hurt you and smacked you? I mean, how do you know the first time you get smacked, you can come back? Third time, fourth time. But eventually, you know, you hit the donkey over the nose often enough and she's, he's not going to drink anymore. And the devil wants to silence you and push you back into your cage. The family of God, I'm here to encourage us to step up, step out, because what God's ordained for you is waiting on your confession. How many of you are ready to be blessed? Are you going to let God know that you believe him? And so he talks about this high priest, and we looked at this in detail, but just to look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 10, he was called by God as the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And we saw this ministry of Melchizedek revealed in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And Melchizedek blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who's delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Family, that must be important because that's what Hebrews referred to, the order of Melchizedek. When you say order of, you're talking about protocol. You're talking about an order. You're talking about a job description. You want to put it that way. And so the things that we see revealed in that short portion of scriptures, number one, is that he is the king of Salem. He's the king of peace. Number two, we see that he sat down in covenant meal with Abraham. Everybody say covenant. And then Melchizedek blessed him. And after being blessed, he presents the tithe. See, the enemy wants to use religion and use arguments that somehow you know, you're using the tithe to buy the blessing. And that's a misunderstanding. The moment you're born again, the Bible says that Jesus, when he went to the cross, he was made to be a curse for you to redeem you from the curse. 
Galatians 3, verse 13, 14, 15. He redeemed you from the curse. Why? So that this blessing, the blessing of Abraham, may come upon you. Hallelujah. Say, I am blessed. And so when anybody tries to argue about the tithe, they will bring up, well, you know, you, you don't have to buy the blessing. No, because you already are blessed. But blessed men, blessed woman, someone who's blessed will always want to honor God first out of that blessing. Say that I always want to honor God first. So we had a look at the whole concept of the tithe. And yes, it was written into the law. But remember, this was 430 years before the law. So why would God put it in the law? Well, we discovered that the law was our tutor. Everybody say tutor. So the tutor is to teach us what we should do. How many of you born again? Let me see. Would you kill somebody? You're no longer under the law. No, the point is that I'm, not, I'm not, not killing you because I was no longer under the law. It's the same way if you take a vicious dog, you put a muzzle on it, it can't bite you. But you lose the muzzle, you're in trouble. Are you with me? See, before people were born again, they didn't know how to serve God. But God was so desperate to bless them. He said, if you want to be blessed, this is my protocol. This is what you need to do. But when you're born again, the heart of that vicious dog is taken out, and now he's a sweet puppy. Are you with me? Once you're born again, you're filled with the love of God. Now, I don't want to kill you. You don't have to tell me not to. I love you. I'm, I'm blessed. You don't have to tell me not to steal. I know how to sow seed. I, I don't care if you've got something. I don't have to covet what you've got. God's giving me the best. You should have said me too. Amen. And so we don't need the laws to govern us. And we don't need the laws for salvation. Because now we have the salvation in Christ. But it will cause us to live the way the tutor taught us to live. And so we've learned that through the process. That this concept of honoring God first. And that's why when we got to Malachi. We saw that he said. The reason that you're experiencing the curse is because you've neglected the tithe. You've stolen my tithe. Remember Leviticus said the tithe is the Lord's. It's always been God's. It didn't change since Jesus came back. I said it didn't change when Jesus came back. The tithe has always been God's. Remember Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. And you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Don't worry, I'm here now, so you don't have to tithe anymore. Is that what he said? What did he say? These you ought to have done. What these? The tithe. But don't neglect the weightier matters. Why? Because the tithe is an eternal principle. It's the whole concept of first fruits. If we don't understand that, then we won't understand anything else about the kingdom because it's important to understand the whole kingdom is based on seed principle. In fact, when you start studying out the tithe, and this is where sometimes people make a mistake, is that there are different scriptures that refer to different things. How many of you have studied and went on Christian growth seminar and you learned about praying in other tongues? And in that message, you know, you learn about the fact that there's different scriptures that refer to different types of tongues. You know, if, if, if you were looking at 
a sport manual, let's say ball sports. You know, there's a chapter on soccer, there's a chapter on rugby, there's a chapter on hockey, whatever. And let's say the file fell and all the pages got kind of shuffled up and then put back in one file and you read through it. You just study all the sport rules. And now there's a game of soccer on and you go ahead and you say, okay, I'm going to go play. And next moment the ball is kicked towards you. So you pick it up and you run and you dive over the goal line. You say, hang on, what are you doing? Well, yeah, it's written. If you catch the ball, you can run with it as long as you pass it backwards. And No, that's rugby rules. Are you with me? Now, the Bible, it's not written like marriage and then prayer. And then it's like the manual's mixed up. It's all scattered through the Bible. So when you see a script, you've got to decide, is this rugby or is this soccer? So the same way with tongues. There are tongues where as you saw in the book of Acts, as they started speaking, they could hear them in their language. They were speaking, they could hear the guy that was Italian heard Italian. The guy who was German heard German. So that's one type of tongues. There's the other one where you have tongues, that is sounds no man can understand, but then there's interpretation. So that's a prophesying type of tongue. And then there's the tongue which says no man understands. So that's obviously different to what happened in the book of Acts because they did understand. But there's a tongue that no one understands except God. Amen. Why? Because you're not speaking to man, you're speaking to God. That's prayer language. So you've got to be very cautious you don't take this scripture and eliminate the others because, you know, that's not the right type of tongues. No, Paul said, I'll pray that you can all pray in tongues. You've got to understand this. So the same way when it comes to the tithe, it's very easy. Someone can say, but if you take this scripture, you see, it's only grain and it's only uh, animals. No, Abraham tithed from everything. Jacob said, of all that you give me, I will tithe. So it was out of substance. And actually, when you start studying it out, you will find out that it's actually not even one tithe. There's actually a bunch of different ways of tithing, different ways of giving. If someone argues about 10%, just hang in there, tiger, I've got news for you. Number one, if you want to write this down, is what they call the teruma. Teruma, T-E-R-U-M-A-H. Another word for that is the heave offering. How many of you heard about the heave offering? That you'll find in Numbers chapter 15, verse 18 to 19. These are just, I don't have time to give all the scriptures. I'm just referring to ones that particularly mention it. And in fact, under Hebrew tradition, Jewish tradition, the rabbis would say that usually it's one fiftieth portion of your harvest. In other words, when you reap your harvest, you take the first fiftieth. This isn't even the tithe. This is just my field has produced. Before I go any further, I'm going to present it to God. What am I saying? You are the one that's blessed me. So whatever comes out this field, you get first. And he says, yeah, the, the, the Hebrews, the, the Jewish rabbis say that's one fiftieth of your harvest. Or, this is the way it's written, one-fiftieth portion of the harvest, or one-fortieth if he were a man of generosity, or one-sixtieth if he were stingy. See, Jewish people understand these things. Uh, I know a man of God, and he was interviewing a Jewish rabbi because he was studying out the concept of the tithe. He wanted to get it from a Jewish perspective. And this Jewish rabbi said he actually finds it sad for Christians that you would take time in a service to convince people to give. Because Jewish people don't bring their tithe on the day they worship. Whenever they're blessed, they immediately 
transfer the tithe. It's not a religious thing. They don't do it in religious service. They, the moment they get anything, the first thing they do is deliver it to the synagogue. Why? Because they've learned the blessing works. I said they learn the blessing works. It's only Christians that you need to convince to give. And meanwhile, we're the most blessed. We have the blessing alive in our lives. Can I get a bigger amen? Number two, there's the first fruit. Everybody say first fruit. You can see that in Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 30. It says, the first fruit shall be the priests to cause the blessing to rest on your house. Now, the first fruit is actually different to the tithe. You can see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 5, where the word says to bring the tithe and the first fruit. What's the first fruit? That means whenever you have a new increase, in other words, you get a new field, the entire harvest that comes out of that field, you give to God. Why are you doing that? Because you're saying, I'm willing to give you the first, because first implies there's going to be a second and a third and a fourth. And by me giving the first, I know this field will always produce. And so what happens when you step out into a new endeavor or you begin a new job, the very first that you get, you deliver, and it's delivered to the priest. And he says yeah, if you have a look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. In other words, whenever you increase, that's what you bless God with, with the first fruit. And listen, the promise is, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, today we don't use vats and barns. We use bank accounts. So you can put it this way. Honor the Lord from your increase with the first fruit of all your increase so your bank accounts will be filled with plenty. Are you ready to have some bank accounts? Some people don't even have a bank account. They just store the money under the, under the mattress. No, you need to have operational accounts, investment accounts, giving accounts. Come on, say amen. We're going to another level, family. Have I got the right crowd here tonight? Number three is what we spoke about this morning, the sacred tithe. Everybody say the sacred tithe. That's brought to the storehouse. And the tithe of the tithe is given to the priest. That's Numbers 18, verse 25 to 28. And then number four, you have the feast tithe. This is where people get confused because they say, you see, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22 to 26 says, you can actually eat the tithe. No, no, that's not the sacred tithe. That is a feast tithe. It's different to the sacred tithe. God commanded the sacred tithe to be brought to the house of God so there's food in the house. God wouldn't contradict himself. Now, this is another tithe where you tithe to yourself. So if you think of it in today's concept, the way I've made it in my life is that the first 10% goes to God without question. I told you from day one, Janine and I made that decision. Never look back on it, and we've always seen the blessing. Hallelujah. If anybody wants to try and talk me out the tithe, you're too late. I'm enjoying the blessing. Thank you very much. And you say amen to that. Then the next 10%, I put aside and I use that 
to generate investments, to generate increase. I'm now tithed to myself, but I don't eat it for my own ingestion. I use it so that I can generate more income over and above my usual income. Why? Because I need to increase to bless the kingdom of God in greater measures. I don't want to wonder if God says, give that somebody something, you know, but that's muck money. No, I have got, I've got this extra tithe stashed. And we've used that to pay people's cars, people's rents, people's, are you with me? We, we're able to bless because we know how to tithe the second tithe. And then you carry on. The fourth one is the the feast tithe. Well, we just spoke about the feast tithe, the tithe you eat. Number five is another tithe. This, this one was done every third year. You see that in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 28 to 29. And this was given to the poor, the widows, and the orphans. So we always make sure we got extra in our pockets, that if we see someone has a need, we're able to meet that need. Now, I don't finance poverty. Someone's begging at a, at a road. I'm, I'm very cautious about handing it because I don't know what they're going to do with it. But what I do do is make sure if I'm near somewhere, I can bless them with food or whatever like that. But I will look out for people that particularly I ask God, show me where's good soil? Where are people that need help? Where's, where do you want me to give today? And he'll suddenly move on me and we will just pay the person in front. They're going through the grocery till. We'll pay that groceries for them. God will just move in my heart. What am I doing? I'm making sure that I'm giving over and above, but it's to help poor, the widow, and the orphans. And that was every third year. So we don't take all of that and say, no, they're different. Uh, you know, that, that we, that's why you don't bring the tithe to church. No, God commanded the sacred tithe is brought to the house of God. Say that the sacred tithe is brought to the house of God so that the word can be preached. So there's five different ways. The teruma, the first fruit, the sacred tithe, the feast tithe, and then the poor widows and orphans every third year. Family, that's no longer 10%. Because remember, tithe means 10%. And it's all these different tithes. They add up to in excess of 24% of your income. Hello. So these people that have a problem... I don't believe in tithing. Oh, so you're going way over 24% then. Can you get this? Is this helping someone? Is this bringing understanding? So what happens is, if I am already, if, if, someone, if someone does believe these scriptures, says, well, then that's the tutor. I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to give to myself so that I can increase. I'm also going to give to the house of God. I'm going to honor God out of the first fruits. Well, then we've gone way, way, way over 10%. So why don't you just call the first 10%, 10%? Because that's what it is. You are honoring God. Say that. The tithe is demonstrating my honor for God. Hallelujah. Now, come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 26. So you recognize that the tithe is no longer a legal obligation. It is a covenant response. Say that the tithe is not a legal requirement. It's a response of covenant. 
See, if you get that, remember we spoke this morning about mixing all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. You have a revelation that really what the tutor is teaching us is a lifestyle of generosity. I don't feel obligated to tithe. So the month that I can't afford it, I don't feel pressurized because I'm not doing it out of necessity. I'm doing it because that's what Christians do. How many you know sometimes there's the sacrifice of praise? Hallelujah. It's when everything's going well, it's easy to jump up and down and dance. It's when things are going bad that you have to, through the tears, lift your hands and keep praising God, knowing that even as I do that, my enemies are silenced. Hallelujah. And so there's this natural response. Christians by nature are generous. But I didn't know that when I got saved. See, when I first got saved, I gave, you know, like when, when I grew up in church as a kid, mom always gave us, remember those little five cent coins? We were going to church, going to Sunday school, and we would line up, me, my brother, my sister, we got our little five cent coin. And you go to church and you put it in. You hear all the kids, ding, 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 ding. And so then when you went to big church, well, then you know you still gave coins. You find out there's a little extra here, a little extra there. Give 10 rand, you know, and give whatever you can. When I got saved, and then you, now it's time to give. And the Bible says, give as God purposes in your heart. Isn't that right? He says that what you need to do is with the measure you use is how it's measured back to you. So I would go, thought, now, oh, so now we have to be generous. So I started tithing, but have you know, once you tithe, and I told you this morning, that was in the time of debt. We were in serious financial trouble. The tithe was a huge expense at the time. But I made a decision. And as we did that, I didn't have much left over. We would arrive at church and say, doll, do you have anything? You know that where you look between the chairs and <laughs> did we leave any money in the console of the car? You know, and you, you eventually get a hundred rand. Wow, today you felt generous. I'm giving a hundred rand. But I never experienced the breakthrough. Somehow it was working. We just just barely getting by. But I wanted to see increase. I wanted to see multiplication. And that's where God spoke to me about the measure that you use is how it's measured back. And you know, sometimes we got different measures. Uh, Michaela, our young daughter, uh, our second child, she, when she's growing up, loved dolls. She still loves children today. She's running our kids' church. She loves babies. We wanted to know what to buy Michaela. This birthday was coming out. What do we get Michaela? I said, get her a doll. She's got so many already. Get her a doll. She'll be happy. And she would have all her dolls packed out. And there would be the school, and there would be the house, and there would be the... And she'd just play with these kids. And so it would be time to go to bed, whatever, say, Michaela, pack up, put everything away. We're going to have dinner. And she would be, like, a minute or two later, she'd run out the, out the room. I said, did you pack away? Yes, Daddy. And I went in, and you could just see everything was just pushed aside. I said, no, 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 sweetheart, that's not packing away. See, she used her measure. I said, this is the measure. The tutor had to step in. And say, this is packing away. This is packing away. Are you with me? She used, when you use my measure, you find my pleasure. And so God is teaching us his measure. And when he teaches us his measure, we learn to become generous. 
See, I thought I was generous until I started studying and realized I'm not using the measure that God uses. And if he's a God of excess, a God of exceedingly abundant above, the God of the hundred return, hundredfold return, I need to up my measure. And when I increased my measure, then I saw the blessing starting to flow. It started working. But it was this positioning. I want to show you something about the tithe. Very often when we start tithing, all we do is we just bring it to church and we bring it every Sunday and we wonder, how come I'm not seeing the increase? Here's the answer. Deuteronomy chapter 26. It shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and you dwell in it, take some of the first. Everybody say the first. Of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you, put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today, you shall say to him, I declare today, you shall say to him. Remember, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Say to him, your God that I have, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. And then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord. You shall answer and say. My father was a Syrian about to perish. He went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. And then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders, and he's brought us to this place a place that flows with milk and honey land flowing with milk and honey and now behold i have brought the first fruits of the land which our lord you've given me and then you shall set it before the lord your god and worship family the tithe is worship it's not a donation What's the church doing with my tithe? Doesn't matter. Yes, you thank God we are in a house that honors the tithe and uses it wisely. But it's not about the man or the house or the place. It's the fact that I'm laying it at the feet of Jesus. I'm worshiping God. Let me say this. This is not this house. But this may be for someone who's listening. I don't care if I brought the tithe to the only pastor I know. This is my pastor, but he takes it and he uses it to go skiing and he uses it to whatever. I don't care. It doesn't bother me because I've made the transfer. Once it leaves my hand, it's at the feet of Jesus. What he does with the natural money doesn't matter. See, if I withhold it because he's abusing it, then I'm the one that's keeping my life in the darkness. I don't tithe because he's a good man. I tithe because I serve a good God. 
and I honor him. Say, my tithe is worship. And you shall worship before the Lord your God. And you rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given you to your house. You, the Levite, and the stranger is among you. And when you finish laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the third year. Now this is talking about that third year tithe that I was talking about. But the principle is still the same. Everybody say the principle is the same. Verse 13. You shall say before the Lord your God. You shall say. I've removed the holy tithe from my house. And I've also given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commandments, which you command me. I've not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I've not eaten any of it when in mourning. I've not removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it to the dead. I've obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and I've done according to all that you've commanded me. Now, Lord, look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people, Israel, a land which you've given us just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. How do I do that today? Today, I bring the tithe. And we make this a practice in our home where we will honor God before we go to the house of God. And you say, Lord, I was a mess. I was destined for hell. My wife had a disease that could not be cured. We couldn't have children. And we were in a life of destruction. But you got us out of that. And you saved us. You went to hell on my behalf, conquered death, rose from the dead, and you came and rescued me, and you gave me life. And you've delivered me into the kingdom. And today I'm living in a land of blessing. Father, look here. You've given me everything that I have. Why would I keep any of it? Why would I eat it? Why would I use it for any other reason? So I lay this tithe before you today and I honor you and I bless you with it. Now look down from your holy habitation and I call this household blessed. I am blessed. My wife is blessed. My children are blessed. Our ministry is blessed. Our finances are blessed. Our investments are blessed. I serve a blessed God. I am blessed. And what have I done? I've given my high priest a confession. He's not, what does he do with that? He's obligated himself to answer that. Otherwise, he'd be shown to be a liar. I wonder how many Christians take time to speak over their tithe every month. It's a confession. Tithing is not the money in the bucket. It is a confession. It's worship. The money is just a symbol that you complete the transaction with. Come on, give Jesus praise if you've got a hold of that. Family of God, I promise you, you make a choice to do it this way, your life will never be the same again. Janine and I have not looked back ever and thought, wow, what we could have used that money for. No, God's far exceeded what we've expected over and over and over. So make a decision today. This is your choice. Make a decision. You're not doing it out of religious obligation. If anyone feels they pressurized, back off. 
It's like I've said before, all these people that try and talk me out of the tithe. Why are you trying to stop me? You don't agree with it, just don't do it. But just enjoy. I hope it works for you. Hello? Me? I've seen the blessing. You think I'm going to go, oh, oh, sorry. No, then I'm going to stop now. No, are you kidding me? Why would I stop what's working for me? Come on, you're getting a hold of this? And it's not anything about what Jesus is not diminishing. In fact, Jesus made sure this thing works by going to the cross for it. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. I'm living a very blessed life. Thank you very much. I attribute it to the fact that I've seen the tithe work. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid. If I stop tithing, I'll be cursed. I'm not doing it out of fear. It's out of respect and honor. Hallelujah. 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 I remember the day when I started, as I told you, we were in such a stressed place, such a mess. We made a decision to tithe. And that tithe looked huge to me. And I thought, man, this is crazy. Like I, I, I'm struggling to, 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 pay, to pay this. And I remember the day when eventually, I still remember my very first salary that I ever earned. And the day came when my tithe matched that salary. I wrote it out and I thought, I'm tithing a salary. In other words, I've got nine others still in the bank. Did you get what I just said? The tithe is what I used to earn. <laughs> Why would I not do that? Hallelujah. And that happened a few times again. That's the way you honor God. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavenly God, this is the way of life. How are you ready to do this? Make a decision. Today as, you, as you're getting ready to give to the Lord, let me show you this. It's, everybody say it's a heart attitude. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. You don't tithe because you have to. You tithe because you desire it. God loves a cheerful given. What happens? Now God is able to make all grace abound to you, towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. We had a businessman in our, in our congregation. He's now moved to New Zealand. But when he first joined and he went through Christian growth and he learned about the tithe, he started doing it. But he always did it out of obligation. And well, that's what Christians do. He'll tithe. And every month, and his testimony was he would bring the tithe in, and, but he never ever saw the, the outcome. He, his business was struggling. He was struggling. And every month, he would just bring the tithe. Just say, Lord, there, you want it? There, it's yours. And he would just, you know, do it because that's what Christians do. And he was complaining and moaning. And then one day I was teaching. The message wasn't even referring to tithing. But I just mentioned a scripture where it says that, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And he said it struck him that he was being obedient, but he wasn't willing. And he went home that day and said, Father, forgive me. I've been obeying you, but I grudgingly. Today, I changed that. I willingly bring that tithe. 
I willingly honor you. And he said that first Sunday he brought it in and he used it as a time of joy and he worshiped God and he presented exactly as I taught. He made the confession and he brought it in willingly. He says that was the day his business turned. And today he has a global business and it's, and it's just flourishing and multiplying. You getting this? Family, God makes all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. Now, there are various ways to give. They're coming up on the screen now. If you would like an envelope, every one for per family, just raise up your hand quickly. That's just the deacons are getting that to you. Make sure you get an envelope. If you're making a choice today to tithe, do it. Don't think about it anymore. It's out of a heart of gratitude. It's out of a heart of worship. And that's what, you, it's what you're doing. Settle your heart that you're honoring God. And God says, now prove me in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing, there's not room enough to receive it. And He personally will stop the devourer for you. He sends His entire military force to look after you. That's what Lord of hosts mean, commander of the army. Why? Because he oversees the confession. He says he watches over his word to perform it. His word doesn't return void. Family, if you dare to confess that God has blessed you, you will see it manifest. Amen. Praise God. Now, tonight, I also want to minister to those who have been struggling financially. If you've been in debt, if you've struggled financially, I know what that feels like. It's a horrible place to be. Janine and I were this close to getting divorced. When I look back at it, the root of it was finances. We were in so much mess that it became a place of contention. And I thank God we got saved just in time. So we could deliver ourselves, see God deliver us using these principles. And we saw God's blessing. Once that was removed, all the stress was removed. We found out we actually love each other. We are so in love and our marriages get stronger and stronger year after year. And a lot of people, a lot of suicides, a lot of stress, a lot of trouble is simply because of financial pressure. And God wants to take that off you today. I said, God wants to take it off you today. Am you trusting God to get out of debt? Can I see your hand? Am you trusting God for financial increase? Am you ready for the day to come when you will tithe what you're earning today? Think of what you're, you're, you've just been paid your salary. Yes, many of us have just been paid. Look at that salary and say, one day that will be my tithe. Uh, 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 I'm looking for people that are ready to receive. You see, this is what happened. The, the, the children of, of God were, were in a siege and, and they were held and, and they were surrounded. They couldn't get in or out. And they, they were eventually eating donkey heads and babies and things like that. And the king wanted to kill the prophet. And he said, listen, about this time tomorrow, there's going to be an abundance so much food it's going to be cheap and there was one man that said even if God did it could it be possible in 24 hours he said you won't eat from it 
And within 24 hours, how many of you know the account? Those lepers, remember that whole thing? And they found out that Syrians ran away and they got all the plunder. And that's exactly what happened. Everybody ate. Things were cheap. You didn't have to sell anything. It was just an abundance. And unfortunately, that guy that doubted God got trampled to death. I'm not saying it's going to happen to anyone tonight. What I am saying, if someone doesn't believe this, it doesn't just happen. You have to say, I believe. I want that. And I'm saying about this time, by the end of the year, you're going to see God move in your life and deliver you financially. I'm believing God for that. How many of you are ready to receive that? Now you understand that that comes out of seed. God always wants you to make the first move. And so I know many of you have already prepared your offering, you've prepared your tithe, but I'm calling now for a seed that says, God, I'm believing for this word. This is over and above your normal giving. Now, you don't have to do this. Remember, it's not under pressure. But if you know this is spoken to you, that's the one thing that I've learned is that if God gives me a promise, what's in the bank is not delivering me. So what's the use of keeping it? If it's not enough for the need, then use it as a seed. Because if you eat the seed, it's gone. But I've learned that I'm going to sow. Janine and I have sown ourselves out of so many, many problems. Every time something shows up, the first thing we do is sow a seed. Our children even know to do that. I remember we were driving somewhere one day. And I can take you to the spot like it was yesterday. Brittany must have been about three years old. And she was busy in the back seat. And she's saying, Daddy, can we have something? And she mentioned it. And I just out of my mouth, I just said, Honey, we can't afford that. She said, Well, then let's ask God. I tell you, that shot me between. <laughs> I, I, I pulled over and turned around and said, Honey, you will never hear those words out of my lips again. I apologize to you. Whatever it is that we need, you said, let's trust God. Let's believe God. And I'm coming into agreement with you. It wasn't a few months later and she got what exactly what she asked for. See, our children have learned. They've been listening to daddy. Amen. And I want you to know, family, what you say today is what's going to be established. And your seed is a declaration. So make a decision. Is it something you're believing for? Then sow your best seed. So if you need another envelope or you want to do it in another way, you're doing a second offering, you can scan whatever, but sow that seed because I'm going to pray over that seed now for multiplication, for increase. Am you ready to go to another level? Five people. Okay, great. I'll pray for you now. Let me see. How many of you want to join those five? You ready for multiplication, increase? Hold that seed in your hand today. Father, I pray over each and every person that has made the declaration, the decision to tithe. Now say this as a declaration. Father, my life was a mess, but you delivered me. I'm living in your kingdom. Here's your tithe. I'll not use it for myself. Now look down from your holy habitation and bless me. Father, I speak over that seed. It is now a blessed seed. See, when you tithe, you position yourself for everything else that you do to multiply and to increase. 
And I speak life to that seed today. Now I come against every foul spirit of debt, every demon of lack, every evil of poverty. And I destroy your work at its root in the name of Jesus. Whatever has been spoken over this bloodline, I curse it at the root and destroy it in the name of Jesus. Now say, I received that. Now say, debt, poverty, lack, get out of my life. Get out of my finances. Get out of my household. Don't even look back. You flee in Jesus' name. Now you believe that's done? You give Jesus praise. Praise Him out. Praise that devil out. Praise Him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Worship God. Oh, uh, hallelujah. There goes the devil. No, come on. God, we're going to praise God. Worship that devil out of your life. Worship God. By worshiping God, you're sending that devil out. He's fleeing before you. Now, say this, angels of God, now that those demons are gone, surround my household, surround my business, surround my businesses, surround my investments, my income. You protect me. God said you would. A father, I draw on your covenant blessing. I draw on it today. And I speak life to my finances, life to my investments, life to my positions. I am promoted, increased, multiplied. Bonuses are coming my way. Unexpected inheritances, finances are flowing into my life. Money keeps coming to me. I can't outrun it. I have so much. I sometimes struggle to know how to use it all, who I should give it to. But it's okay. That's a struggle I'm willing to handle. I'm a blessed person. I'm rich, wealthy. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Give your Jesus praise. Pastor Andre. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.